You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from our guest speaker. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. It is a real privilege and honor for me to stand on this holy ground tonight. And I just want to thank Pastor for allowing me to be here. Pastor does not take this holy ground lightly. And I just, I feel honored that he would allow me to be behind this pulpit and to share the word of God with his people, my, my brothers and sisters in Christ. So we're going to come together and we're just going to have a good time in Jesus. Amen. We're going to allow his spirit to move among us and in us as individuals. Amen. I want to start out tonight by simply asking a question. Have you ever seen something advertised on TV or maybe you drove by a billboard and you saw something and it caught your eye and you said, I need that. I I could use that. In fact, I I know that I want that. And you pondered that for a couple days and finally you made your way to the store and you found that item that you had been thinking about that you had wanted. You picked it up off the shelf and you looked at it and all of a sudden you realize, man, this, this price tag is a lot. So you made a decision, you laid it back down and you walked away from it. You walked away from it because at that moment, you realized that the cost of that thing that you so longed for, that thing that you so desired, it was not a cost that you were willing to pay. And there's a similar passage of Scripture found in Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 through 2022. And it talks about a young rich ruler. And this young rich ruler approached Jesus Christ one day, and he said, What is it going to cost me? Now, I'm ad-libbing a little bit here so you can better understand. What is this eternal life going to cost me? And Jesus began to share the Ten Commandments with him. He started quoting some of the Ten Commandments. Honor your mother and father. Don't steal. Don't lie, etc., etc. And this young man tells Jesus, I've done all of this all of my life. What is it, Lord, that I am lacking? What is the cost going to be to me to have eternal life? And Jesus spoke to him and he said, this is what you are to do. You are to go and sell all of your possessions. And then you're to give the proceeds from those possessions to the poor. And understand this, he went on to tell this man, You will have great riches in heaven if you do what it is that I've called you to do. And the poor man, I want to read verse 22 of this scripture to you. But when the young man heard that saying, when he had heard what Jesus was saying to him, when he had heard what the cost would be, the young man walked away sorrowful. For he had great wealth. This man desired what God had to offer. He desired what Jesus Christ was offering. But he wasn't willing to pay the price. Because see, he had great wealth on this earth. Little did he understand that one day the wealth that he so greatly hung on to would be non-existent. 
God offered him treasures in heaven that could not be destroyed or touched by anything other than God. But he didn't understand that. And he chose to walk away sorrowful. He chose to give the, one of the greatest possessions that God could ever offer you and I. And that's eternal life in his presence. He ignored that and he turned away and he walked away sorrowful. I believe that the Lord gave this message to me tonight because I believe that the Lord is getting ready to do a new thing in the church of Jesus Christ. I believe that he is getting ready to do a new thing in this sanctuary among these people. If you have been listening at all, if you have been catching any of the vibes, so to speak, that are in the air from Pastor Mark's preaching and Pastor Pam's preaching, there is a stir in the air. There is a stir. Revival is coming. The question is, are you willing to pay the price for that revival? Do you want to be a part of the revival or do you want to simply stand by and watch the power pass you by the revival pass you by that's that's our church that that's our choice and i believe that this is what god is ministering to me to give to you time is of the essence serve me with all of your heart do not be persuaded any other way but me keep your eyes focused on me because in a little while i am going to pour out my spirit upon all that are willing the bible says upon all flesh but we know that not all flesh is going to receive what god is is pouring out it's going to be the ones that are hungry it's going to be the ones that are willing to say yes lord yes lord i don't care what you have to to take and I don't care what I have to go through I am going to serve you father because when Jesus hears that and he sees your heart that he can work with amen the title of this message tonight is let us consider the cost right now father God Lord I just approach your throne with a grateful heart I thank you, Father God, that you have permitted me this privilege and this honor, this blessing to stand here and declare your gospel to your people. I pray right now, Father God, that you would just fill this place with your Holy Spirit, that you would move as you see fit to move. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that your anointing that is upon me would just be spoken and and the same godly anointing would be upon your people tonight, Lord, that they would have truly ears to hear. Not just listen, Father, but ears to hear and a soft and tender heart towards you to receive, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. We read in the book of Luke chapter 14, verse 28, Jesus tells us, if we are going to be his disciples, we must count the cost. See, in Jesus' day when he was still with us, Jesus had many, many followers, But those followers is something that we would look at today as looky-loos. They wanted what God had to offer, but yet they were not willing to pay any type of price for it. And today, we need to understand that for the blessing and the privilege of serving God, even we have a price to pay. The question tonight is, Search your hearts. I'm searching my heart. Am I really willing to pay that price? Am I will, really willing 
to pay that price because I would venture to say, and I'm going to look up in the ceiling because I don't want to look at anybody. There's probably people in this room today, right now, that are hanging on to something that God told them a long time ago. Let it go. Let it go. If you want to be a follower of mine, let this thing go. And if you will, I will use you mightily. The choice is ours. The choice is ours. So I started thinking about this and I said, Lord, but your word says that you paid the price in full. You said that you paid what no man could could possibly pay. So what is it that you're saying to us? What do you want us to know tonight? Because you said it, Lord. You said that we... All of us must count the price. So obviously there is a price to be paid. Jesus paid the price for our salvation. Jesus paid the price for our eternity. Jesus paid the price for our healing. Jesus paid the price for everything. But we still have a choice to make. Are we going to serve him or are we not? So what exactly is our price? What is our cost And in comparison to what the Father did for us, our cost is very, very small. And if we're not doing what God has called us to do, then we should be kind of ashamed of ourselves because the price is that small. So what is required of us to be followers of Christ? It's very simple. Recognize that God the Father raised his son Jesus Christ, who was now our Lord and Savior from the dead on the third day, just as it had been prophesied, just as he had promised. And recognizing that, we are to recognize that we are sinners in need of a Savior and in need of forgiveness of our sins. See, if we could do it on our own, as you've heard a hundred times over, God would have never had to send his son, but it's an impossibility for us to be free from sin without the blood of Jesus Christ. So he brings us in and he says, this is your cost. Recognize what I have just said here tonight and then humble yourself before me and repent, not say, I'm sorry. There is a difference between I am sorry and true repentance. And God is saying, then you repent. And you accept me as your Lord and Savior. And I will cover you under my blood. And you will belong to me. Your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. And one day, one day you will spend eternity with with me. That's our goal. That's our heart. There's not one here tonight that I do not believe would say, I don't want anything to do with that. I'll do it on my own. No, we're lost without God. And we need to really start understanding that and recognizing that without Jesus Christ, we are nothing. The word of God says that God the Father, when he looked at us prior to the salvation that comes from only Jesus Christ, he saw us as nothing more than filthy rags that was only suited for one thing and one purpose. And that was just to get rid of in the fire. But because of Jesus, and see, this is a salvation message, and this is a message for the church tonight, because if we, as God's children, don't get a hold of this and start believing and letting this get deep in us, then answer this, 
How are we ever going to let the ones that don't know Jesus Christ, how are they to know if we're not even sure as to who we are and what we're about and what God has called us to do? That is so important. And the thing is, the thing is, and this is another message for another time, but we have got to start understanding, not opinions and what your friend's opinion. We need to understand who we are in Jesus Christ. We need to understand the gifts that God has gifted us and blessed us with. And then we need to take those gifts and we need to do exactly what Jesus told us so long ago. He commissioned us. And I guess that's just a nice way of commanding because that's exactly what it is. If you belong to me, if you're my son, if you're my daughter, then go into the world and declare the good news that there is still time for salvation, that God is still in control. Amen? And that's not part of this message tonight. But anyway, so now, now we understand. Now we understand better that this is what's required of us. But tonight, I don't want to really camp out too long on what our requirement is. What I want to, what I want to talk about tonight is what Jesus Christ had to go through. So that he could bring us back to himself. He's the one that truly paid the price. And sometimes I think we do a disservice to the church and to the body. When we don't get very intimate with the details of exactly what Jesus Christ went through. And what he suffered in order so that you and I could have eternal life. We read... In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1, I'm sorry, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. And the word of God speaks of the hope of eternal, of eternal life that we have in Christ Jesus. Again, I emphasize this because I don't believe that it can be emphasized enough. Without Christ, we are doomed to an eternal pit of hell. A lot of people don't like to hear that. A lot of pastors, thank God our pastor is not one of them, do not like to talk about hell. But hell is a reality just as much as heaven is a reality. And God wants us to be aware that eternal life comes from Christ Jesus. Beginning at verse 3, the Word of God tells us, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. See, we were without hope until Jesus died and rose from the dead. But because of Christ and him alone, we have a hope. We have an expectancy that one day we will spend eternity with him. And I just can't impress that enough. This was so deeply rooted into me as I was preparing. And he was saying, tell them. Tell them, tell them, because many of us have cooled off. How many know that when we start cooling off, there is no such thing, first of all, as a cooling off period if you're a born-again believer. There is no cooling off period, but the enemy will, if you are not wise and you're not expecting and you're not watchful, he will come in like a roaring lion. That's what the Word of God says, and he's looking for anybody and everybody that he can take down. Make no mistake, it doesn't matter whether you stand behind a pulpit or wherever you're at. 
He's gunning for you if Christ is your Lord and your Savior. Now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. Pure and undefiled. Beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. I, this struck me, and I just want to share this with you a little bit. Verse 5 said, and through your faith. And through your faith. Jesus tells us two times in the Word of God that it's a measure of faith that he has given us, and it is a mustard seed that he has given us. I think that that's important to bring out tonight because just by the terms that the Lord chose to use a mustard seed, we all know that I could actually be holding a mustard seed on the tip of my finger and you would not see it. He says a measure. That's a small quantity. Church, we're not exercising that little bit that God has given us. I want you to think about this because as I was reading this through for the final time today, it hit me. What God is, he's not expecting us to exercise our mustard seed. And he's not expecting us to exercise our measure. What he is expecting of us is to entrust that seed of faith, that measure of faith into the one that is faithful. It is God that takes away everything from us. It's God that goes to the battlefield with us and we, we are victorious on our own. No, it's because we exercise that faith that he has given us and we place it into him and we say, Father God, I trust you. My faith and my wholeness, my wellness, everything that is about me is all about you. I put my mustard seed. I put my... my um, a measure of faith in you. See, sometimes we try to do the right thing, but we, we get skewed. We, we're not really sure what we're doing. If we try and use that mustard of seed of faith, <laughs> tongue-tied, on our own, where's that going to get us? How many times have we said, I believe, I trusted, I trusted, and nothing happened? Because you were trusting on your own faith, on your faith. God said, no, no, no. I am giving you the faith required to move mountains. I am giving you faith required to part seas. Do you think Moses got through that Red Sea on his own? He got there and he's a human, so I'm going to just guess that he probably said, now what? Now what? And God said, watch me work. See, when things are difficult, that's when God does his best work. That's when he shows off. And God wants to show off for each and every one of us in our lives. Whatever you are going through, know this with absolute certainty. Know this without absolute confidence that God is on your side. If you are a son or a daughter of the Almighty God, he has got your back. There is nothing that you can't take to the Lord. There is nothing that he won't do for you. 
You are cherished by him. You're the apple of his eye. He loves you unconditionally. Truly, 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 we can't even begin to understand the unconditional of love that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit has for each and every one of us. For each and every one of us. Hallelujah. When I think of that unconditional love, I'm trying real hard to stay on time. (laughs) Um, When we think of that unconditional, that unmerited, see, I say unmerited because we don't deserve, we don't deserve what God so freely gave. When we were in the garden, And we, and I say we because we are part of mankind. He did it for all of us. When we were in the garden, do you realize we literally had everything that God could offer? Do you realize that in the cool of the day when he would come down and spend time with his number one creation, that when they looked on the face of almighty God, they did not die. They were holy and they were righteous. That's what God wants us to be. We cannot yet look upon his face, but we can still have the same righteousness and we can still have the same privileges that we gave away so long ago. So when I think of that, that unmerited love he has for all of us, it's extremely humbling to me. It's extremely humbling to me because I know that God in heaven did not have to do what he did but he did because he loved us. And that's important because there are a lot of brothers and sisters in Christ these days that feel that God is angry with them. And they sit and they don't ask and they don't receive and they don't know what to do anymore. God doesn't want an unhappy church. He doesn't want an unhappy people. He says, I want you to be full of joy. I want you to be full of joy, knowing that you can come to me, knowing that I am always here and I am always faithful and I know what you need and I know what you want and I am your God. I never change. When I told you I was the same yesterday, today, and forever, that's exactly what I meant. When I told you to boldly come to the throne room that's exactly what I meant but we don't always do what God tells us to do that's why I'm getting I'm I'm chasing a rabbit right now but that's okay that's why I am so excited about these classes that Pastor Pam talked about and 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 Pastor Mark is is approving we're going to start reading the word but we're not going to stop there We're going to start dissecting the word and comprehending through the Holy Spirit exactly what is it in the word of God are you trying to tell us? What is it that we need to know? Because see, we read and we read and we read and we never get to a place of understanding, spiritual understanding. We read this and that and we go, okay, well, that's that's what it means. And we're so far away from what God wants us to know about that. So I'm looking forward to these classes and, and, and I would strongly encourage everybody to be, be here and not miss one. The cost he was willing to pay could be found better in John 3.16. Because if it wasn't for John 3.16 and 17, there would truly be no reason for Genesis or the last word of Revelation. Because this is what it's all about. 
for God. It's always been about God. It's always been about God and it will always be about God. His will be done. His will be done. Not our will. That's what Jesus spoke when he was, in the, he was at Gethsemane. Remember? And how many times have we said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done? And said it just about that, flip it. Lord, not my will, your will be done. But we need to mean it. We need to mean it. We need God to have every corner, every aspect of our life. We need him desperately. And as we grow closer and closer to his return, even more so. Even more so because the word of God warns us that there will be a great falling away. That there will be lukewarmness. That there will be great deceptions. You think that you can't be be deceived? Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. But I promise you this, because God is a jealous God. God is a kind and loving God. If you stick close to him, he will not let you go. He will make sure through the precious Holy Spirit that is in this room tonight that he will give you a way where there seems to be no way. When you think you're up against the wall, God says, "Uh uh-uh, that one belongs to me. You are going to keep your hands off of this one. This one is mine. If we stay faithful to God, God is always faithful to be with us. Amen? Okay. So John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whomsoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus Christ had a single purpose and a single plan, and that was to come to this earth and die for our sins so that we could be set free. Jesus died an agonizing. He died a horrific, unthinkable death so that we could be forgiven of our sins. In Isaiah chapter 52, verse 14, the Word of God tells us, but many were amazed when they saw him, referring to Jesus. Many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. And this is what I was talking about earlier. We like to hear how little baby Jesus came into the earth, and he grew up among us, and he went to the cross and he died so that we could live. He rose on the third day, and then he went back to his rightful place in heaven on the right-hand side of the Father. And one day he's coming back for us. Everything that I just spoke is truth. But we don't like to hear the true sacrifice, what Jesus Christ actually had to do in order for us to have salvation. This scripture again says, but we were amazed. I could substitute that word amazed and place, and it would be just as correct. But many were horrified. They, there were people around that saw Jesus after he was beaten, and they knew him, 
but they couldn't recognize him that day because he had been so severely beaten for our sins, for me, and for each and every one that is in this room. How many have not seen the passion of the Christ? We've all seen the passion of the Christ. And that, was, that, brought, tear, that brought tears to my eyes. But the reality and the truth of it is, it doesn't even begin to help us to truly understand what Jesus went through that day. Those whips that he were used on his back, they were not just leather. On the ends of that leather, there were bone, there were rock, there, were, there was anything and everything that they could possibly find that would be painful and agonizing when those whips came across the back of an individual. When Jesus Christ took those stripes, and I'm being vivid right now because I want us to understand how good we, our God is, what he went through so that we could be with him in eternity. Because I know for me, when I, when I think of these things, it just, in me, it causes a stir in me that no matter what, I'm going to serve my God. No matter what he wants from me, no matter what he no matter what the cost, I will do it. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, send me, Lord. Send me, Lord. How many times have we read that and how much sincerity have we felt? Send me, Lord. But not out of Stockton. Well, some of you might be praying, out of Stockton, I, I don't know. But the point that I'm making is when we're reading these scriptures, we have, to, we have to get serious about the scriptures and the expectation that God has placed on us. Send me. Jesus said, you're commissioned. Go, go, go. We're sitting here today, and I'm not saying us. I'm saying the church of Jesus Christ is sitting here today expecting anybody and everybody to do what God has called them to do. And God is saying, it's time for my people, it's time for my church to rise up. It's time for my people to declare the gospel that I left. When I left, he was done with what he was going to do. He left us to finish up. And what he was doing was declaring the gospel of himself, of Jesus Christ. And he's saying, now it's your time. Now it's your turn. And you can do this because I am going to empower you with a, with a Holy Ghost. I am going to empower you with the same power that is in me I give to you. We we have no excuse, church. There is nothing impossible for us if we only go in the, the power and authority of Almighty God. There's nothing we can't do. The enemy is scared to death of us. The enemy is scared to death of us. And he's, he's afraid that we're going to comprehend and understand that. That we're going to start believing. We're actually going to start exercising the authority and power that God has given us. When we do that, I guarantee you, we will blow up Stockton. They, we will tear up Stockton. And remember earlier I said, have you been listening to what Pastor Mark and Pastor Pam have been saying? I'm telling you right now, revival is coming to this church. The, the Lord has been ministering to both of them. And I believe with all of my heart that partially the reason they're gone is because it was for a well-deserved vacation. But the big part of it is, is they're seeking God's face. They're going to come back anointed. They're going to come back with a mission greater than what they 
they had before they left. The question is, who is going to be ready to move forward with them? Who's going to be ready? We say we will, we will, we will. Ask yourself this question. What are you doing now for Jesus? What are you doing now for Jesus? I'm not saying you, please understand. There's a lot of amens that echo through the churches. But those amens, they're dead because they know full well they're not ready to go and they're not going to go. They're not going to go. And, you know, God will work that out. It's time we begin sharing. It's time we begin sharing this great hope we have in Christ Jesus with those that don't know him. That is our reason for being here. It's to let those that do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, let them know there's still time, there's still hope. God will not turn one away. God will not turn one away. But that's one of the lies, that's one of the deceptions that the enemy loves to use because he will come alongside you and he will tell you, you've asked him to forgive you too many times. How, you, you say forgive me, I can attest to this. Lord, forgive me for that. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. Two days later, I find myself back on my knee. Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. Back over here, two more days. You know. But you know what? God loves it because that's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, you didn't do it right, but I still love you. Come back to me. I'll forgive you. You don't lose any ground. You keep moving forward for me. And we keep doing that, and we keep doing that until Jesus comes. See, none of us are perfect. We need to understand that. If I don't finish this, then I don't finish it. We need to understand none of us are perfect. We are born again. We are sanctified through the blood of Jesus Christ. But as long as we live in a sinful world and as long as we live in this flesh, we are not going to be perfect. But we are forgiven. We are children of God. We are useful to the kingdom of God. And one day, each and every one of us are going to stand before him. And he is going to put the final touches on us. We are not going to stand before him in this earth body. We are going to stand before him in glorified bodies. He is going to renew our mind with the mind of Christ. Right now, that's our battlefield. But there's coming a day when we stand before him. There will no be no more battlefield because God is victorious. Amen. He says, and he describes us as more than conquerors. Doesn't he say we're more than conquerors, that we are victorious in him, that nothing can stop us, nothing can hinder us except one thing. And that's us. If we don't believe, if we don't move forward for Christ, God is never going to open up a door. He's never going to open up an avenue for you to go through and then not prepare you. There are things that God has in store for each and every one of us tonight. Things that we can't even begin to comprehend. But God said, if you will, then I will. If you are willing to go, then I will send you. If you're willing to do, then I will equip you and prepare you. The more... Why would you not want to serve Jesus Christ? Why would you not want to use him? If you claim to be a son and a daughter of the most high God, why would you not want to be used by him? When you've accepted his salvation, when you know it's good, 
Why would we not want to share with those that don't know him yet as Lord and Savior? That boggles my mind. That boggles my mind. Because we are God's people. And our purpose is to serve him. Unconditionally, without question. Let me, let me read Luke let me read Luke 24, verse 44 and 47. The Word of God says, Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. Without the understanding being offered to us through the Holy Spirit, we truly have no understanding or concept as to what God wants us to know and what God truly wants us to be. But God is eager and he is anxious for us to be able to have open minds to receive. So then he opened their minds and to understand the scripture, and he said, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and raise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. That message has been declared. That message is being declared today. And what is that message. That message is a message of hope. As I conclude this, this, this verse, the message is simply this. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. That is the message. That is the reason that Jesus came and died and rose from the dead so that we could have that precious gift of salvation, so that we could be forgiven of sin. Our mission, our commission, our goal is to reach as many in the world that does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We want our household to be saved, but but yet we won't walk across the street and tell somebody about Jesus, but then we expect Jesus to send a flood of, of brothers and sisters in Christ to minister to our household? I'm not saying he can't do that. God, God will stop at nothing to bring one more soul in. What I'm saying is if we expect God to do something for us, then we need to be willing to do our part for him and for the kingdom. John twenty twenty nine. Then Jesus told him, he was talking to Thomas, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. See, Thomas believed because he had the ability to touch the scars in his hands, Jesus' hands. We're the blessed. We're the blessed that he's referring to. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. We have not yet seen the face of Jesus Christ. But one day very, very soon, we will. In a little while, we will stand in his presence. And when we get there, we will never have to leave. It will be throughout eternity. Our mission and our purpose will be over at that time. So I encourage you tonight. I encourage myself. Serve God with all of your heart because the time is short. Serve God. Serve God like there is no tomorrow because saints, 
there may not be a tomorrow. We're not even promised that we're going to end this night. So, in closing, I just want to say this. No, I'm not going to go there. I'm just going to say this. If you're here tonight and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is your time and this is your hour. Again, we are not promised tomorrow. God said that today is the day of salvation. And if you don't know him, or maybe you've been on the fence line, it doesn't matter to God. He still loves you. He still loves you. He still wants you. But if you're here tonight and you need to make things right with God, I'm going to ask you to simply raise your hand. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And I'm looking because I'm not going to delay this. Then praise God, I believe that every one of us are born again. Every one of us are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. So for a minute, if I could, talking to those of you that are watching by camera tonight, I'm going to offer you the same opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Tonight is your night. This is your time. This is your hour. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but you want to know him tonight, I'm going to ask you to do the same thing that I just asked here in the sanctuary. Raise your hand, even though I can't see it, the one that matters can, and that's God Almighty. He sees your hand. So I'm just going to say a simple prayer. Repeat this prayer after me, and that'll be it. Father God, I believe you sent your son into the world that he was crucified and that he rose from the dead on the third day. I believe him now to be savior of the world. And I understand that I am a sinner in need of a savior. I humble myself before you now. I repent of my sins And I ask you to be the Lord of my life. From this moment on, I give you my entire life. Thank you for my salvation. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I can promise you a couple things. You were born again. You were set free from all sin. Your name has just been included in the Lamb's Book of Life. And there is a big, big party going on in heaven right now because you came home tonight. You came home and you are born again. I would encourage you not to let the dust settle under your feet. If you know a believing, Bible-believing, Holy Ghost-filled church that you can go to, go and attend and tell them that you just came to find Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I'm saying to you tonight that accepted Christ as Lord and Savior. If you don't know where to go, this can be your home church. You can come here and worship with us. You can grow in Christ Jesus here. And if you come to Harvest Bible Church, I encourage you to do the same. Get a hold of Pastor Mark or get a hold of somebody and let them know that you got born again tonight. And we will just love on you and bring you in as part of the family. Amen? Amen. Amen. 